The entrance of your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. Psalms chapter 119 verse 130. The message you are about to hear is an inspiring, practical and spirit-filled message by Pastor Moses Amovie, the overseer of Global Christian Fellowship and the lead pastor of Faith Miracle Church, London, UK. This is your year to arise and you arising on every side. There is nothing that can stop you. No power can stop you. No force can stop you. No devil can stop you. No principality can stop you. You're rising in the name of Jesus and moving to new levels. How do you know that? You know it because 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. As he is. Somebody say, As he is. I can hear you now. Somebody say, As he is. And we know that he has risen. And the beauty of it is that if the scripture just said, as he is, so are we. Some people will be saying like Martha and Mary. Well, we know that we will rise on the day of resurrection on his second coming. But no, he said. He said, as he is, so are we. We are in this world. Right now. In this moment. In this moment. This same day. So you have risen in the name of Jesus. This morning, I'm going to be speaking to us and it will do you good to take notes for those of you who want to take notes. I am going to be teaching uh, more than preaching this morning. When the Lord began to speak to us in our crossover service and began to open our eyes on what it means to arise. He said to us, to arise is to take responsibility. To arise, he said, is to be awakened. He said to us, it is to emerge. It is to be visible and to be seen. No longer hidden. He said it is to stand up. He said to us, it is also to happen. He said, it is to get up and get out of, out of anything that was holding you down. And number eight, he said, it is to come into existence and begin to be noticed. And begin to be what? To be noticed. This morning, I am going to try to expand on one of those legs on which arise stands on. And so I'll be speaking to us on what I have entitled arise to responsibility. Somebody say arise to responsibility. I can hear you. Can you say louder? Say arise to responsibility. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, 
stop dodging responsibility. Arise to your responsibility. Somebody say amen. So that's where we are going to begin to build from. Ezra chapter 10 verse 4, which was the only verse of scripture we read that night on this particular point says, Arise for this matter is your responsibility. So the matter for which I am going to be dealing with today, whose responsibility is it? I can't hear now. Whose responsibility is it? Is it your husband's responsibility? Is it your wife's responsibility? Is it the pastor's responsibility? Is it, is, is it the departmental leader's responsibility? Whose responsibility is it? My responsibility. Arise for this matter is your responsibility. Arise for this matter is your responsibility. And then he gave a command. He said, we also are with you. He said, be of good courage and what? And do it. This thing is your responsibility. Rise up and what? And do it. Rise up and do it. This matter is your responsibility. Rise up and do it. And everyone who choose to rise this morning to take responsibility, God will be lifting you up. Somebody shout the loudest, amen. Now, when you look at responsibility for a man, there are many aspects of responsibility. For us as believers, our first primary responsibility is the responsibility to the kingdom. The responsibility to what? I can't hear you now. To, to what? The first and primary responsibility of a believer is the responsibility to the kingdom. That's the first. That's the primary responsibility for a believer. Now, there are many other responsibilities, but I'm going to dwell mainly on the primary responsibility which every believer regardless of race, regardless of color, regardless of age, has a responsibility to. Please understand that in this new year, 2020, God is not waiting for you. God is not waiting for you. He will move with people who are ready to move. God is not waiting for you. He's not waiting for me. He will move with people who are what? Who are ready to move. So therefore, how great you get is up to you. How great you get is up to you. Because God is ready to move. And he's saying, it's your year to arise. But he's also saying, I will not be waiting. 
I will move with all those who are ready to move. All those who are ready to move. And please receive this as God's word today. So every time you are wasting, it's costing you, it's not costing God. Every time. By the way, you are the one that is regulated by time. God is not regulated by time. He's the beginning and he's the end. Am I talking to somebody here? You are the one that has a time frame. So God is not wasting or is not waiting. He will move with everyone that moves. And Peter said to him, if you are the Christ, then tell me to come. And he said, come. As he stepped on the water, God was moving. If he didn't step, if he was there saying, are you really sure that I should come? Huh? Should I put the right leg first or should I put the left leg? Uh, um, this thing is water. Do you really mean I should come? Guess what? God is not waiting. God is not waiting. God is not waiting. So God is looking for people who are ready to move. People who are what? Ready to move. And those who are willing to move, God will move with them. And in moving with them, he will be lifting them up. So you must understand that a call to kingdom responsibility is a call to your lifting. Every time God is calling you to a responsibility in the kingdom, it's a call to what? To your lifting. It's a call to what? I can't hear you now. A call to what? Talk to somebody. Say, it's a call to your lifting. Every time God calls a man to a responsibility in the kingdom, he's calling him to lift him. He's calling him to lift him. And those who understand this walk tirelessly to ensure that the responsibility to which they have been called is fulfilled. I'll give you an example. I'll show you an example. You know the story of the man Nehemiah. How many of us here know the story of Nehemiah? Yeah, most of us know it. For those who don't know it, Nehemiah was a servant. Yeah, not just a servant, but a slave in a foreign land. Yeah. And he was serving the king. He was what? A servant, a slave, a, a servant slave. Huh? In a foreign land, who was responsible for serving the king? And then he heard that Jerusalem, the house of God, was in ruins, that everything had been destroyed. And there was a passion in his heart. To go and rebuild the place. When you go and study that test, you will find that it appears that he was given a time frame to go and do the work and return. But if you study it well, you will discover that he never returned. He went and carried out the assignment taking responsibility, 
for the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. And God's house, that became his elevation. Suddenly, the slave was no longer a slave. Suddenly, the servant was no longer a servant. Am I talking to somebody here? Suddenly, Nehemiah is a leader. And suddenly, out of 66 books, one was dedicated to him. In the Bible. That the book is now called the book of Nehemiah. He was a slave servant. A servant slave. Am I talking to somebody here? So, a call to kingdom responsibility is a call to lifting. Your quickest exit out of a low life is taking responsibility in the kingdom. That was Nehemiah's exit. He never returned. He never returned. Somebody is here this morning. The things that have held you bound, that where you have been known, and have reproached you as you are hearing me this morning and align the word to take root in your heart, you will never return to those things. You will never return to that low life. You will never return to that problem. Somebody seated here now. As you receive this word and let it take root in you, when you get home, that problem you left there would have already been taken care of. If you heard me, your amen will be louder than that. I said, if you hear me, your amen will be louder than that. So, a call to kingdom responsibility is a call to your lifting. It's a call to your elevation. The quickest way to arise is to take responsibility in the kingdom. The quickest way, the quickest way, the quickest way to your rise. And in God's kingdom, the responsibilities are made clear. I'll give you an example. For instance, the responsibility of the priest. In Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1. If you can put it up for me, I'd like to show you something. Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 1. Speaking here, he said, moreover, he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. Do what? Eat what you find. He said, eat this scroll and then go speak to the house of Israel. That's a huge responsibility on the shoulder of anyone who calls himself a priest or calls himself a pastor. He's saying there that as a pastor, you have no right to speak to anybody until you have eaten the scroll. <laughs> Eat the scroll. What is a scroll? The scroll is the word. He didn't just say read it. He didn't just say study it. What he, he said what? Eat it. Do what? Eat it. Eat it. Eat it means that when you eat something, huh, it digests. And it permeates all the systems of your body. If you eat it, if you carry Coca-Cola now and you drink it and you go to the, to the hospital and they prick your toes 
they will trace the sugar. Will they not trace the sugar? They will trace it. They say it's like you've been eating a lot of sweet, sweet things. There's so much sugar. But you didn't put the Coke on your toe. You drank it in your mouth, but it finds expression in every part of your body. So he said, if you are a pastor, and let me talk to all the pastors here this morning. He said, you must eat the scroll. In other words, what you are not practicing, you cannot preach. Because if you have eaten it and is running all through the systems of your body, you are taking responsibility for the world. You don't just come and say, oh, what, what are we going to share today? No, 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 no. Have you eaten it? He said, oh, today's service, hey, it's almost service time. What, what, what are we going to read? Okay, okay, let's just read this scripture. God is looking at you. Heaven is frowning at you because you have not taken time to eat what you are about to say. Put the scripture there for me. Let me show you something. Please understand this. He said, eat this scroll and then you will go speak to the house of Israel. Eat this scroll, the scroll being the word, the house of Israel being the church. Because the present day church is the house of Israel. So we are living in a generation where people are going to church and looking for entertainment. Because the word is scarce. Looking for comedians. It's all oh, the, the service today was lit. It, can, it was it lit in the Holy Ghost. All lit in emotions and uh, gyrating. Am I talking to somebody here? Every service that lacks the word. It's not a service. It's a social gathering. Because when it is a service, God must speak. And God will only speak through a vessel that have eaten the word. Please take note, it's not read. It's not study. It's it. It means you have read, you have studied, you have started applying and practicing and now I can preach it. Stop preaching to me what you have not practiced. Becomes theory in your mouth. It can't change a life. The apostle said, this thing we are talking to you about, there are things that we have, we have handled. He said, we have seen them. We have touched them. We have handled them. We have tested them. So they are evident in our living. In our living. So when we stand here and we are talking to you about them, it is because it is our practice. Oh, oh, no wonder the people said, Why didn't you notice that our hearts burned within us when they spoke to us because they were speaking of things they have handled, things they have touched? No, 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 not theories, not theories, not theories. God is looking for a people who we take responsibility.
taught the world. One of the things that I'm always grateful to God for for this church is that anybody you ask, anybody, former members, present members, friends of the church who just visit, they will tell you the word of God is in that house. The word is in that house. Every time we gather, the word, because we are intimate. I'm not reading my Bible to preach to you. I'm reading it to practice. <laughs> That's what I'm reading it for. To apply to my life. Okay? This is what I need to change now. And this is what I need to change now. And this is, a, you know, myself and my wife were having a conversation yesterday. And she was telling me, so you know that scripture that I discovered? He said, I shared it with uh, uh, Sister Blessing, Pastor Richard's wife. He said, and I was saying to Sister Blessing that it was a scripture about uh, ostrich and, and uh, mothers being harsh to their children and, and what becomes of that. And my wife said to her, he said, I'm guilty of that scripture. And Sister Blessing said, ah, even me too, I'm guilty. We need to make amends now. Two of them started discussing. We need to adjust because this strong and if the scripture is saying this, God is not talking of people who just read it. So this scripture is very interesting. Ah, very powerful scripture. You just discuss that. Man, revelation, revelation. Have you practiced it? If you have not practiced it, you have not eaten it. It becomes head knowledge. The Bible said the letter. They know the letter. They know the letter. The fact that you understand all the chemical compositions of, of what, gives, what gives diabetes does not prevent you from having diabetes. There are some doctors now who are treating your high blood pressure. They also have high blood pressure. Because what they have is head knowledge. They have studied it, but they have not eaten it. What you eat permeates your body. It becomes a practice. It becomes a practice. It becomes a practice. So we say, oh, it's like somebody preaching giving, but you don't give. Or preaching prayer, you don't pray. It becomes a practice. A practice. A man of God called me yesterday and was blessing me. Why did he call me? Because on the first, on the first of uh, January, you know, we came to church here, we gave our first offering here. The first money that left my hand was to God. By the time I left here, the first money that left my account, practice for me, that left my account was a seed into the account of my spiritual father. Is my practice. It's not a doctrine. Left, I went there to, to, I went to my account. That was the first money that left my account. Then the course of the day, we were sitting, I think we were watching football, myself and Pastor Richard. And then the Holy Ghost prompted me, oh, send money to this man of God. Pick my phone. I have his account number. Send money there. Then I tried to call him to say, oh, happy new year. I just sent uh, something to you, sir. He didn't pick. So I sent him a test message. Relax. He only picked the test message up yesterday. So when he picked it up, he called me. He said, I only saw your test message today. That was on the fourth. He said, because I've not checked my test messages since on the First, he said, because I was afraid of one test message from the bank. And I didn't want to see it. So I don't go to my test message because I was worried about a test message from the bank of uh, overdraft and the 
you know what they say? What is it? Interest that will not be piled. He said, so today I had courage to go and check my text messages. He said, when I went and I opened it, I saw the bank text message and I saw your bank following. He said, your bank canceled out. Your test canceled out the, the threat. That's what he said. He said, your, your, your test message canceled out the threat of the bank. He said, I thank God for people like you who can still hear God in the midst of all the noise that we have around us. And began to speak a blessing on me. It is what we have eaten. Eat the scroll. And then go and preach it to Israel. So that's a responsibility. That's a responsibility. That's why in the book of Acts chapter 6, the Bible says there were a group of people who were complaining. Acts chapter 6, if you read it from verse 1, it said now in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Yeah, keep going. Verse 2, we read it to verse 4. He said, then the twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Go to verse 4. Okay, we're in verse 3. Go back to verse 3. He said, I wish you leave the word of God and serve table. He said, therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. Verse 4. He said, but we will give ourselves continually to what? To prayer and what? And to the ministry of the word. Remember that the New Testament church that you and I belong to was better in the book of Acts. That's where the New Testament church began. This were the standards that were being set. That everybody must have a responsibility. That we, the apostles, we have a responsibility to continuous prayer and the ministry of the world so we can eat it. But we must also have among you, among you, Men and women who will help to take care of some of the other business. Am I talking to somebody here? Men and women who will take responsibility and say, hey, leave this one to me. And leave it to me is not just by mouth. It's that you can really leave it to them. You know, there are certain people when you send them on an errand, huh? You, you will still be walking until the thing happens. You have some children like that. Those who are parents here. There are some of your children. When you send them for something, if I, by the time the thing is finally done, you will feel, maybe I should have even done this thing myself. There are others, when you send them on an errand, you can go and sleep. You know, even, in your, even if it's in your dream, they're asking you. Huh? Are you sure that you'll be done? You will answer in your dream, in your subconscious state. Say, I know it will be done. As long as it's in this person's hand. As long as it's in this person's hand. You know you don't have to chase them. They said that we might give ourselves continually, continually, continually to 
prayer and the ministry of the word. There is a problem in the present day church. And it is down to men not taking responsibility. It's weakening the power of the church. I pray for you that after this service, you will take responsibility. Help me tell your neighbor, say neighbor, you are one of those they are talking to now. Oh, 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 look at the person's face. Don't be afraid of their face. The, 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 their eyes may be red. They may, they may look intimidating. Say, I know you are one of them. 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 Let me show you in scripture how believers took responsibility. You may want to call this the believers taking responsibility. In 1 Chronicles chapter 9, verse 27. I read verse 27 and 28. First Chronicles chapter 9, verse 27. Believers, taking responsibility because it takes more than just the preaching of the word and prayer to run the church. It takes more than that. For example, last night I got a, 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 a test message from Brother Mustafa. I said, Oh, Pastor. Um, you know, how you doing? I know Sister Liz has traveled to Nigeria. She's not around. I'm not sure. Is there anything that you would want done on Sunday morning before the service? Since Sister Liz is not around. That's taking responsibility. And I said, okay, 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 that's fine. Uh, usually Sister Liz will print the program which has been designed already and circulated. If you don't have it, I forward it to you. And moreover, moreover, we have... Uh, uh, some of the, those who serve refreshment in our foyer, they want to do a pre-service breakfast uh, this morning. So I was planning to arrive here before 9 o'clock so I can open for them because I don't know how they will assess the building. It's all, don't worry, sir, I will be there. Taking responsibility. I didn't, didn't have to call him when it was tonight to say, are you there now? No, by 8 40 or so, I got a test message. Sir, I'm already at the church. The place is open. You sleep. Then you can focus. Okay, we got a word to preach today. Am I talking to somebody here? I'll show you now. Believers taking responsibility. First Chronicles chapter 9, verse 27. He said, and they lodged all around the house of God. Because they had the responsibility. Now, these were a group of people who were of the fold. He said they did what? They lodged. Where? All around. Where? The house of God. Why? Because they had the responsibility and they were in charge of opening it every morning. They were in charge, not the priest. They were in charge of opening it. How many times? I can't hear you now. How many times? Every morning. Every morning. They lodged all around and took responsibility for the house of God. Because they were in charge of opening it every morning. Every morning. Every morning. Every morning. Look at verse 28. Glory to God. He said, now some of them were in charge of the seven vessels. 
For they brought them in and took them out by count. So these were people, everybody had a responsibility. Everybody. Listen to me, people. I am telling you, in order for you to rise, you must take responsibility. And one of the first places to take responsibility is in the kingdom. There are other areas of life. Time allows us, we will touch them in the, in the future. But today is about the responsibility you take in the kingdom. Some of the things we see happening to us now are, I believe, are not just the product of our prayers. A product of responsibility taken. Taken. Am I talking to somebody here? I was leading, myself, Pastor Moses, I was leading the, the children's choir in our church. The church where I grew up. I was, I, at a point, I became the leader of the children's choir. I was still in primary school when I was leading the children's choir. We were singing every Sunday. Special number. Children. Age four to maybe 12. We were practicing every week. Singing special number every Sunday. Now understand this. Then we came to a point where the, the senior choir in our church, which is the adult choir, you know, they refused or not refused. They were supposed to have Christmas carol. And we're not doing it. I was leading. I said, we will do it. I told the pastor, sir, we will do it. We were not 12 yet. We organized the Christmas carol. We were not given money by church. We raised the money. We, I designed form, gave to every child in the choir. Go and meet people to start signing for you. We, we, this is the budget for the Christmas carol. So we go, auntie, auntie, will, will you sign for me? This is the one to do Christmas carol. So we gathered the funds, we funded it, we hosted the Christmas carol. Nobody asked us to do it. The, uh, the adult choir. The, but we got it done because I thought to myself, if the church is expecting a Christmas carol, then it must be done. It must be done. I was in primary school. You take responsibility. And then you thought, okay, ah, the, the church will now say, pastors, ah, this is great. If the children want to do it, let's fund it, whatever. No, no, no. We, we, we still bought crates of mineral to entertain people when we finished. Sang through the Christmas carol, arranged for the adults, went to some of the deacons and senior people in the church. We'd like you to read the, the sixth lesson for the Christmas carol. Will you read it? So this, these children, ah, these children are serious. God is watching. So before you look at Pastor Moses standing here today, the journey did not start today. You must pay the price. You must take responsibility. God must look at you and say, hey, I can trust his shoulders. I know this thing can fail in his hand. I know, I know, I know he will go any length to ensure that this thing, this work of the kingdom 
unfairly was out. Take responsibility. Listen to me. If you are looking for excuses, there are plenty. If you are looking for excuses, where are they? I can't hear you now. Where are they? There are plenty. There are many. You will find them. Anytime you see a man or woman full of one excuse or the other, know that is somebody who is not ready to take responsibility. Adam, Adam, why did you eat? Who told you you are naked? He said the woman. The woman. The woman whom you... Then God asked the woman. The woman said the serpent. God said, ah, ah. The lion now go and start discussing with the serpent. You are trying to bring me, God, to a level of now having conversation with the serpent. He said, from today, with labor, you will till the ground. I'm asking you a question. Talk to me. You're preferring me to serpent. Take responsibility. Father, I have faith. Why does God love David? Why does he love David? It is not be easy because he's a man that takes responsibility. A responsibility for his failure. To the degree God said, David, don't build a house for me. God said, okay, no. David said, no problem, no problem. He said, what my son is going to take over from me. I know you said I shouldn't build for you. But uh, 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 please, how much will it cost? I will gather all the resources. Because it will be too heavy for my son to gather. So that when he comes in, God said, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. He takes responsibility. He takes responsibility. And then when somewhere, somewhere, somewhere came, somewhere came to Saul. Hey, what's this uh, noise I'm hearing? He said, the people. The people. <laughs> you know the people that followed me to war? When we were fighting, they saw some fatted cow. The sin of Saul is less than the sin of David. But David took responsibility. Saul will never. He's a dodger. A schemer. Full of excuses. I pray for somebody here. That this year, you will take responsibility in the kingdom. Somebody will hear me. Let me hear your loudest amen. Excuses, I said, are many. But the truth is that you are inexcusable when it comes to taking responsibility. The Bible actually says, oh man, you are inexcusable. Oh man. You are inexcusable. Let me show you a man who would have had excuse. Luke chapter 1, please. Let's read it from verse 5. Follow me. Follow me. Luke 1 from verse 5. Look at this. It said there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias. Can you see that there? He said it was named Zacharias. Of the division of Abijah. You know who Abijah is? Now, Abijah is a descendant of Eleazar. Eleazar is the son of Aaron. Huh? A chief of one of the 24 uh, others in which the priesthood was divided by David. Abijah was one of them. 
the 24 other priesthood by which David is he's from, he's from the line of Eleazar. Eleazar being the son of Aaron. So we know his background. That's what I want to drive it home. We know what? It's not a Shrine background. It's not an occultic background. Are you following me? It's not a background with an evil covenant. Follow me. Let's keep going. He said of the division of Abijah. Then he said his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. Again, daughters of Aaron was what? From a priestly. So we know that if you trace her background, you will not find, if you are from Africa, you will not find Shongo there. Are you following me? You are, you are not going to find Orumila uh, uh, there. What did you call that one? Agwara. You will not find that there. You will find God. You will find the spirit of God. You will find priesthood. Are you following me? Keep going. Verse 6. He said, and they were both righteous before who? It's easier to be righteous before man. Because they don't see your heart. Than to be righteous before God. It's all oh, that, that, that brother is so wonderful. He's so in fat, in fat, in fat, in fat. All you're in fat is what you are seeing and what you are hearing. You are not seeing the heart. When scripture declares a person righteous before God, ah, that's beyond works. That's down even to the thoughts of the heart. Are you following what I'm saying? The Bible said they were righteous before God. Okay? He said walking in how many? I can't hear you now. How many? All the commandments and ordinances of the Lord. What? Blameless. <laughs> Look at these people. Oh, we have seen their background. We have not seen the life they are living. Go to verse. He said but they had no child. Because Elizabeth was barren. They had what? No child. This is, this is, they had what? If it's you, will you not be angry? I'm faithful. Consistent. Righteous. I do this, I do this, I do this, I do this. You know, there's no fault around me. And I'm married. Yet, I have no child. You know, what people suffer many a time is not a result of their sin. That you don't have money in your pocket does not mean you are the biggest sinner. Am I talking to somebody here? So, I know you are used to the, to, to, to the gospel of uh, uh, prosperity is what defines your righteousness is a lie. These guys were righteous. Nobody could have been more righteous than these guys. Before God, blameless, in all commandments. So God said, this is what you are supposed to be doing. And you know those days when they were living, there were rituals that they must carry out. On living breakfast, this one feast, this offer, this, this. The Bible said, in all these commandments and ordinances, were blameless. But yet, they are not child. That's enough to discourage them. 
And when they are coming to church, you say, come and do this. I'm not in the right frame of mind. Things are not, you know, you will understand. He said, we, we know what they are going through. We know what they are getting through. We know, you understand that brother, understand that sister. I mean, I mean, if you are not in their shoes, you will not understand what they are going through. You, you have to put yourself in their shoes. It, it does not mean this is, go back to that scripture. He said, and they were both well advanced in years. So these were not a young couple. They have been waiting for many, 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 many years. Many years. Go to verse 8. God bless you. The Bible says, so it was that while he was what? I can't hear you now. What was he doing? Can a man like this still be serving? Can he still be serving with all of this reproach around him? With people questioning him, are you sure this your God is real? Uh, I, I think you say you are serving God. Uh, why, why, why has this not happened? And why has that not happened? Why is your life still like this? Can he still be serving? Can this man really still be serving? The Bible says while. When the scriptures say while, it means he has been doing it. And he is still doing it. Am I talking to somebody here? He has been. That's why I say you don't have an excuse. You have no excuse. You really want to rise? You have an opportunity with God. People must know that we don't serve God because we everything is all right. I was asking my wife yesterday. Uh, I said, well, I said, you know, sometimes when I want to preach, I preach some part of the message to you. So come, let me show you something here. <laughs> I said, stand here. I said, my dear. I said, people get angry with church. Huh? They get angry with church. You go, oh, is the church doing this, 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 and quit. I said, this kind of thing, can you not make somebody angry with God? Not just church now. God. But while he was still serving, taking responsibility regardless of his situation. We must learn this. We must do what? I can't hear you now. We must do what? We must learn this. I spoke of the days where we were serving the choir. I asked the children choir. We were staying, me and my siblings, we were staying with my mom in a, what you call, a store and a room. We were sleeping on mat on concrete floor. It was the same season. Huh? For us to have food to eat was a problem. My mother had only one wrapper. You know the wrapper women tie? That, that she, she, she would use it during the week. On Saturday evening, she would wash it. And spread it inside the house. So that the fan, silly fan, would dry it. So that it would be used on Sunday morning. We would still be the first to be in church. Among the first to be there. Excited. We are not coming with some. Say hello. Good morning. How are you? Say you know what condition. No. 
excited in the house of God. I was having that conversation with Sister Betta the other day. I said, because she was living in a street behind the street where we were living. I said, you know where you are coming from. No food, nothing. But go there, celebrating God. And God is watching. He said, can they still take responsibility in the midst of all of this? So when you see God blessing people, say, when I get to heaven, you know, God just favors some people. Don't they? I will ask him questions. When you get there, ask him. They will answer you. <laughs> they will answer you. Because you see a man's glory. You don't know his story. So when you get there, you can ask him. They will sit you down. Say, you want to know? Say, okay. Let us show you your video. <laughs> and show you. <laughs> Take responsibility. Am I talking to somebody here? It's in the midst of that. In the midst of that. A landlord came and seized some of the little property my mother had. Kicked us out of the house. She couldn't find a, any brother in church or any sister to give 30 naira to rent a new place. Huh? We didn't get angry. We were still going to the church. Fired up. Leading. My mother was making sure every child in this house must be serving in the department. No matter who you are. You wake up in the morning. We don't go late to church. I think that's why I let my non-late coming. You, you have to be there. Make the things happen. The day that church does not do it, we'll be consigned as if it's our father's property. This thing not work today. Why? This is why, why, why? We need to make how do we fix this thing? Organizing fasting and prayer for those children in the children's choir. Say, come, we are going to pray. The Lord must move. <laughs> Whether we understood everything we were doing, I don't know. But God was saying, responsibility. Understand this. You look at that man there. I was looking at his life. I said, what? 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 The Bible said, why was seven? Please put it on for me. Put it on for me. He said, so it was why he was seven as priest before God in the order of his division. Keep going, verse 9. According to the custom of the priesthood, now understand the order of his division. If I want to liken it to today, order of his division is like serving in his department according to the custom of the priesthood, according to the custom of the church. His lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the responsibility or of the Lord. It was his turn to take responsibility for the activity of that day, and he was not missing. How many times is it your responsibility and they will be phoning you? Where are you? Where are you? Is there, I'm coming, I'm coming. Um, actually, I don't know if I will be able to make it to do. It is your lot. It is your lot. He said, and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside. At the hour of his end. So there was a multitude, but somebody has a responsibility to execute. Keep going, please. He said, then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Verse 12. 
He said, and when Zachariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid. Now you know the rest of the story, how that uh, 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 the angel then had a communication with him and told him that he was going to, you know, have a son. And he said, how can this be? Yeah, I like to read uh, verse 13 and 14. Let's just read that. He said, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zachariah, for your prayer is heard, and your wife uh, Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John, verse 14. He said, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. Now, what followed after that? When he asked, you know, how, is, how can this be? The angel said, you will be mute. So, you will come at what? Mute. What I find interesting for the sake of time. When he came out, he was not mute. Hmm? The Bible says, if you go back and read it, he still carried out his assignments until it was completed. If it's some people, is that all the ones have been suffering since. I now went to, <laughs> to serve in the midst of the serving. I became dumb. Is this my reward? Am I the biggest sinner in the world? Because at that time, we have not seen any sign of pregnancy. Is this my reward? Am I the biggest sinner in the whole world? Why is God treating me like this? That other people who, who don't even deserve children, they have it. Are you following me? Is somebody with me here? Tell your neighbor, take responsibility. I can't hear you. Say, take responsibility. This year, the height you will get to is dependent on responsibility. Do you know I found the scripture that it is possible for the workers to be more diligent in taking responsibility even than the priest. I found that in the book of uh, 2 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 34. 2 Chronicles 29 verse 34. He said, but the priests were too few so that they could not skin all the burnt offerings. It was a time where the people brought burnt offerings. The offering was more than the people to handle it. So he said, the priests were too few so that they could not skin all the burnt offerings. Therefore, their brethren, the Levites, helped them. The Levites here being the workers helped them until the work was ended. The Bible says, and until the other priests had sanctified themselves. He said, for the Levites were more diligent in sanctifying themselves than the priests. They were more diligent. They were given to the driving of the work. They were not just saying, uh, our, our guy is not doing enough. No, they were given to it. Please, let your, 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 your level of taking responsibility this year, let it challenge God. Let it do what? Not challenge man. Let it challenge God. Let it challenge God. When last year was coming to a close, I was telling us that this Christianity of convenience, it won't work. It won't work. People want to serve God based on convenience. 
Oh, it's time to go for, for a Bible study. Or we have a revival meeting or on Tuesday night or Wednesday night or Thursday night. Oh, well, well, we won't be able to come because, you know, we can't take the children. People are taking their children to watch Champions League game in Arsenal Stadium. The same child who will come to school with your own child the next day. Is that not so? Is, is that not so? When do they play the Champions League game? Tuesday night, Wednesday night. Huh? They take the child there. The games will kick off by 8 p.m. It used to be 7.45. 8 p.m. The game won't finish. God, God forbid that it's a knockout game. And it's the second leg. So they, they are draw at full time. Then they play extra time. Before they will play, a, a winner must emerge. They may be there till 11 p.m. Is that not so? In the midst of drunkards who are swearing and shouting, yes, do you understand? And your child is there. You say, yeah, we are the gunners. We are the gunners. We are the gunners. Come to Bible study. He said, the children are going to school tomorrow. If, ah, ah, what has happened to the church? If God was man, many of you, he'd be flogging you every day. By that you try to because he sees what you do. He says what you do. He says what you do. He says what you do. And the child will be back the next day. I'll be in school. I'll be telling the classmate, oh, I was at the, I was at the stadium yesterday. I'm going to tell my daddy to take me. He said, no, no, no. You need to take this child. You need to take this child. You need to take this child. When there is problem, who do you run to? When that child is challenged, who do you run to? When you are challenged, who do you run to? Listen, we want to serve God out of convenience. It does not suit you. It must work according to your <laughs> Jesus is Lord. Somebody say, help me, Lord. I can't hear you say, help me, Lord. Talk to me. Somebody say, help me, Lord. One more time. Somebody say, help me, Lord. He said they were more diligent even than the priests. May God raise people who will be so diligent. Somebody shout the loudest amen. amen. So I begin to wind up. Let me show you a picture of a church where everyone takes responsibility. You will see it in Joel chapter 2, verse 7 to 11. Where everyone takes responsibility. Joel chapter 2, verse 7 to 11. Look at what he said. The Bible says they run like mighty men. They do what? I can't hear you. That church, how do they run? They run like mighty men. He said they climb the wall like men of war. So they don't see opposition. No wall stops them. They will climb it like men of war. He said every one of them matches information. And they do not break ranks. By implication, they know what they are supposed to be doing. And they are doing it. They are doing it. They are doing it. They are doing it. 
regardless of what they are doing it, you don't need to check on them. You don't need to motivate them. You don't need to push them. They are self-motivated. He said they do not push one another. You see, when people are not taking responsibility, that's when they start blaming one another. Oh, it's because of this. Because of this person didn't do this. Because these people are this. this. They do not push one another. Everyone marches in his own column. They are so focused. Though they launch between the weapons, they are not cut down. Though they launch between weapons, the devil is throwing arrows. They are launching between them. They are not cut down because everybody is at their post. Verse 9. They run to and fro in the city. They run on the wall. They climb into the houses. They enter at the windows like a thief. Verse 10. The Bible said they had quakes before them. The heavens tremble. The sun and moon grow dark. And the stars diminish their brightness. When this kind of people are coming. Verse 12. Oh, verse 11. It said the Lord gives a voice before his army. For his camp is very great. For strong is the one who executes his war. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who can endure it? I pray this year you will be one of those. I pray this year you will be one of those. Put your right hand on your head. Say, Father, I can't hear you. Say, Father, help me. Father, please help me. Say, Father, please help me. Somebody shout amen. Quickly, quickly, I'll read to you maybe two more scriptures for the sake of time. Second Chronicles 29, verse 1 to 11. I want you to see the danger of not taking responsibility for God's house. When you fail to take responsibility. See the danger. Second Chronicles 29, 1-9. He said Hezekiah became king when he was 25 years old. How old? 25. And he reigned for 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abijah, the daughter of Zechariah. He said, and he did what was right. In the sight of the Lord. According to all that his father David had done. Follow verse 3. He said in the first year of his reign. In the first month. He opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And repaired them. The doors have been locked a long time. Because the people before him. Refused to take responsibility. In the first month. Of the first year of his reign. What did he do? He opened the door. Now look at what happened. He said, then he brought in the priest and the Levites. So the pastors, priests, and the Levites, the workers, and gathered them in the east square. Verse 5. And said to them, hear me, Levites. Now sanctify yourselves. Sanctify the house of the Lord God of your father. And carry out the rubbish from the holy place. So the place had not been heaped with rubbish. Because nobody is taking responsibility for it. He said, carry out the rubbish from the Holy Spirit. He said, for our fathers have trespassed and done evil in the eyes of the Lord our God. Why? What was the evil? They didn't take responsibility 
for the house of God. He said they have forsaken him. Have turned their faces away from the dwelling place of the Lord. They've turned their faces away from the dwelling place. From taking responsibility for the house of God. Now, keep it in verse 6, please. Verse 6. And turn their backs on him. Now go to verse 7. He said they have also shut up the doors. of the. You see the doors he was opening? Am I talking to somebody here? They shut up the doors of the vestibule. Put out the lamps that should be born in there. And have not burned incense or offered burnt offerings in the holy place to the God of Israel. Verse 8. He said, therefore, the wrath of the Lord fell upon Judah and Jerusalem. Because of not taking responsibility for the house of God, what happened? The wrath of the Lord fell upon Judah and Jerusalem and he has given them up to trouble. To desolation. And to jeering. As you see with your eyes. Giving them up to trouble. To tribulation. And to Jerry, as you cannot see with your eyes. He said, for indeed, because of this, our fathers have fallen by the sword. And our sons, our daughters, and our wives are in captivity. Do you know there are many people in church today who are in captivity? Do you know that? All kinds of captivity. Some under the torment of demons. Some under the torment of sickness. So my captivity to a sickness. Because that sickness have said, you cannot eat so, so, so food. Is that not captivity? When people go to jail, do you just go and be eating kebab? No. You may like the, the sickness and no, 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 you can't eat this anymore. It's okay. Okay, sickness. Thank you. He said, you're in captivity. Go to verse 10. Verse 10, God bless you. He said, now it is in my heart to make a covenant with the Lord God of Israel that his fierce wrath may turn away from us. Verse 11. He said, my sons, do not be negligent now. For the Lord has chosen you to stand before him, to serve him, and that you should minister to him and burn incense. When you get back, you study that passage, you see how these guys went about this work. Be astonished. Because they wanted to reverse the dangers that men suffer when they fail to take responsibility for the house of God. Many of you are seated here. What God has committed into your hands is suffering. It's dying. Your only thought of it is when you are, if it was your own business, you won't let it go that way. Every time, as a pastor, I tell the guys in my office, when I want to make a decision, I ask myself, I say, God must be looking at me and thinking, if God knows what decision I will make, if this is my own business. So you'll be watching me. Will I operate also with that same integrity of heart? That guides me. That guides me. That guides me. People of God, God is calling a man, calling people 
you and I, to a time of responsibility. Just, oh, this person is discouraging me. That discouraging me. Don't discourage me. When Nehemiah went to build, they were discouragers. The Bible tells us that there were a group of people, two guys, they're called Sambalat and Tobiah. Nehemiah chapter 2, Sambalat and Tobiah. They were planting negative seeds. Making jest of them. Are you, this thing you want to build, will it work? Oh, this, if, at the time, we say, this wall you are trying to raise, when a bird just flies through it and perch on it, the wall will collapse. Announcing that to the people. But the Bible said, at a time, even Nehemiah then said to the people, say, listen guys, when you are coming tomorrow, hold a sword in one hand and hold the tools to work with on the other hand so that anybody coming against this work, you will fight them. Now you sit down there and you are entertaining the negative talk. He said, you know, you make sense, you know. You make sense. It's true. You make, it's true. Every is true you are saying is demoting you. It's killing you. I'm telling you. It's killing you. It's pulling you down. You think it's about the, many people kill themselves. He said, for the Lord God will prosper us. Therefore, we as people will rise up and build. People of God, I'm telling you, this is the first Sunday of the year. You really want to rise? You must ask yourself now, what area must I take responsibility? And be totally, that I don't need anybody to remind me, to talk to me, to push me, to encourage me. When I'm discouraged, I encourage myself in the Lord. I don't need anybody to, to say thank you. Oh, you are doing well. Or notice what I'm doing. No, no, no. You don't need to notice. Let it be that the Lord knows I'm taking responsibility. Men have tried by doing that. Servants have tried by doing that. I told you of Nehemiah when we started. No excuse. No what? No excuse. I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. Oh, but pastor, I don't know what my responsibility is. What can you do in God's house? What are you gifted to do? Are you, are you following me? Some people are gifted to talk on the telephone. They, they are just gifted to talk on the telephone. If they engage you on the telephone... You won't get tired. Call, call, call. Just say, look, Pastor, okay? You know, I'm gifted to speak to people on the telephone. Okay, good. Pastor Dave, okay. Go and join the follow-up team. When a new member comes to church, every Sunday we get you to call them. Check with them. You know, they enjoy the service. And there is something to do. You are not too young. You are not too young. You are not too young. Your 16 years old should be working in God's house. You are pushing them to go and get a job in JDs. It's good. So what makes you think they can't Then they, when they come to church, they just stand aloof. Then they are watching, they just stand aloof. These days now, smartphone, where some people in church pretend to be using their phone for Bible, but whereas as the message is going on, the Bible is uh, Twitter, 
on Instagram. It's true. Some, I know some are using for Bible, but some are pretending. But because now there's Bible app, we think everybody is using it for Bible. So, yeah, then this is that, that, that. I know, because sometimes as I'm preaching, the person is just like, I know, I ask myself, what did I just say now that is making this one laugh? It's, it's on a different page. It's a different page. It's somewhere else. It's not with us. This one has traveled far. <laughs> to a far country. <laughs> Are you with me? You must. They must take rest. If you, when a child, a teenager, a, a man, a woman, knows how to take responsibility in God's house. He brings them under a kind of control. The reason we have a lot of uncontrollable people, uncontrollable husbands, uncontrollable wives, uncontrollable children, is that they have not taken responsibility in God's house. Because there is a level of of, of responsibility you take in God's house, it will bring you under some kind of control. You know that I need to behave. I can't be doing this. And be. Pastor K has shared his testimony with us. When Pastor John told him that he will start teaching the youth. Zambi. He put a weight on him. Is that not so? Went back and took responsibility. No doubt I need to start comporting myself. I need to start reading the word. I need to start. There is a level of control puts on you. God will use anybody. He used a donkey. A donkey. You are more intelligent than a donkey. You are more, everybody in this house is more intelligent than a donkey. He used a donkey. The God who can use a donkey will use him. He will use anybody. Are you today? Nobody may come and call you. I've, I've, I've thought about it. The things we were doing in church. Did somebody come and call us? He said, well, well, nobody has asked me. Nobody. You are waiting in your father's house for you to be called. And that's okay, okay, okay. You know, sister, you know, sister. You know, you know, is this the work of God now? Please, just do it. So well, you, you were the one that asked me to come and do this thing. If not, I was just on my own and all of that. God is looking at you. God is looking at you. If you can't take responsibility for your father's house, for your father's house, for your father, for the kingdom, you can't take responsibility. You can't take responsibility for it. You can't pray for it. You can't give to it. You can't walk in it. You can't do anything. Somebody say arise. Oh, hallelujah. What an awesome word from the Lord. Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To find out about the resources available by Pastor Moses Amovier when he will be in a city near you, please visit our website, www 
pastormoses.com. Stay connected with Pastor Moses on social media at pastormosesgcf or drop us an email on office at pastormoses.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.